With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Maller here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. And uh, so it ends on Fox. You checked it out there. The weekend of complaining, belly aching, bitching, and moaning. And when the dust had finally settled after an adjustment before the final round on Sunday there on Long Island, we had our winner at Shinnecock Hills. And if you did not watch because, you know, you're not a golf person or you you were preoccupied on Father's Day, the overnight co-leader Brooks Kepka. A 25 to 1 shot before the tournament. You're outright winner. A 200 par 68 in the final round of the 118th edition of the U.S. Open Championship. An edition that will be remembered not so much for Brooks Kepka winning, but instead for the complaining, the whining, the moaning, and Phil Mickelson. More on that later. Uh, the 72 total, one over 281, good for a one shot win over Tommy Fleetwood and Mac at the U.S. Open. So congratulations there to Kepka. 
your winner. His third PGA Tour win. That's it. Three. He's won two majors, the U.S. Open twice, and uh, a secondary tournament in 95 total events as he's the first back-to-back winner since the 1980s. whoop dee damn do So let's talk about all this. Now, despite a resume of success, the numbers are starting to stack up. But he's only got three wins on the PGA Tour. We talk about golf four times a year. And the last couple of years, Kepka, his name has come up. And his success, while it's been in the majors, two major wins, one other win, he's consistently been in the top 25. However, here's the rub. I was trying to explain this to a friend of mine who's much more into golf than I am, that despite this success, and it is an impressive accomplishment, the U.S. Open, the hardest of all the tournaments, right? They they, they jerry-rig it, so it's uh, the toughest tournament, and to win it back-to-back years is pretty cool. However, Kepka has yet to move the needle, right? He has yet to move the needle. Now, the question is this. Does this say more about the state of the PGA Tour sans Tiger Woods when he was good, because Tiger sucks, before Tiger Woods became irrelevant, right, as far as winning these tournaments? Does it say more about the state of the PGA Tour or more about the golfer himself, Brooks Kepka? That's the question. Now, my thoughts on this, you've got unmemorable, not enough, and marketable. You've got all of that. And we will mix it together here for you. Now, number one, Brooks Kepka winning this impossible course. Congratulations. I give you a pat on the back and a couple million bucks. Uh, that's wonderful. For the week, he had 14 birdies, 11 bogeys, and a couple of double bogeys. But compared to the field, well, he was better. Well, much better, but he was better. And you look at the big names who didn't even make the cut. Uh, in Southampton on Long Island that were nowhere to be seen. They were on their yachts, on their uh, private jets, leaving on Friday night. They didn't make it to the weekend, and Kepka, he did, and he outplayed the entire field. Uh, But if you you break it down, and I don't like to break down golf shots too much. I don't like to break it down too much. But listen, other golf stars who moved the needle were not at Shinnecock Hills, and Kepka was – he didn't let the tension get to him, and that's a testimonial to success, and he got rewarded with it by winning. And there's a lot of that, though. I mean, you look at golfers in general, laid back, easygoing, relaxed. It's both a blessing and a curse because in spite of the win, Kepka did not have that magical moment. Like, maybe I, I missed it. Now, I, I, do, I do admit that I was a little mesmerized uh, while I was – Zone in there, watching the golf unfold on my ass, watching television. But uh, I don't recall, unless you consider a two-putt bogey on the 72nd hole, the defining moment, I mean, he had a bunch of fairways and greens and whatnot, and he, he putted the, the golf ball pretty well. I think he had a 1.5 average, 1.56, I think they said the average putts, 28 total putts. He didn't have a complete nuclear meltdown. Shout out Phil Mickelson didn't have that. So it was a win, a back-to-back win. However, in the big picture for Brooks Kepka, it was an unmemorable weekend. There's not that moment where you say, oh, my God. Now, does that matter? Now, the hardcore golf wonk, it doesn't matter. 
But for the rest of us that aren't hardcore golf wonks, it does matter. Now, the second thing here, uh, Brooks Kepka, you look at the future, he's 28 years old, and he's had, considering his age and the fact that he's finished near the top in a lot of tournaments, even though he's only won three times, and this is an unmemorable win, the resume is impressive. Uh, this was his 18th overall major. He's got 13 top 25 finishes, Kepka does. So we're talking about when he takes the, the field in a major, 72% of the time he ends up finishing in the top 25. He's won three of them. That's 11 consecutive finishes in the top 25 and seven top 10s and, uh, of course, the, the two wins there. So there's a lot of numbers. I'm slinging a lot of numbers your direction. And in spite of all of this, the point, not enough, right? Brooks Kepka to the non-hardcore golf aficionado, does not resonate. He doesn't. And even to himself, listen, this is a guy, we talked about him last year at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin. He came up on our radar. We discussed the fact it's the same story, right? This is not a hardcore golf guy. Uh, he didn't grow up loving golf. We hear stories about baseball players every once in a while that happen to be good at baseball or football players that are good at football that don't actually like those sports. It happens, right? They just happen to be good at it. They can make a living at it. Uh, some cases they can go to college with it, whatever the case. But in the end, it's not their passion, and golf is not Brooks Kepka's passion. Now, he only started playing golf. If you forgot the story from last year, deja vu. Here, He started playing golf. He was about 10 years old. There was a car accident. He got all mangled up. He had some injuries to his face. And, and because of that, he could not play contact sports. If he hadn't been involved in a car accident when he was 10 years old, then the chances of him ever playing golf professionally would have been gone. He would have been like a you know, typical baseball player. Or, you know, his, his uncle was a, a baseball player for the Pirates back in the day, but he, would have kept, he wouldn't have kept playing golf, right? Or if he, he had kept playing golf, it would have been as a, just a hobby on the side. But, but he was good at it, so he kept playing. He kept improving. And he moved on up, and he went to Florida State, and then uh, the rest is history. Here we are years later, and the guy's on the PGA Tour, and he's making a bunch of money, and, and congratulations. So the last thing here, the last thing, and we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Madison Avenue has turned a blind eye so far to Brooks Kepka. He's got a Nike deal. There's not much else there. My argument is there's a reason for that. At this point, he's not markable. He's not. You can't market him. Uh, he's got some wins. He's got three of them. He's got the actress girlfriend, I guess. I don't know. Jenna Sims. Uh, does anyone, you know, I don't know. It's not like a headline Hollywood star, right? Am I wrong in saying that Jenna Sims is not a headline Hollywood star? I don't. I did see she was in Sharknado 5, which is a big get. Who? I, I think I turned down Sharknado 5. I believe I turned a role in that down. I was offered a job, and I said, no, nah, I don't need that. I don't need that. And, uh, yeah, for the second uh, consecutive year. There he was, Brooks Kepka celebrating with Jenna Sims, the big actress there. No mistakes this year, though. They got that all right, which is good. Right? It's, it's wonderful, outstanding. Congratulations. Uh, do you think there'll be any big endorsement? I don't see any huge endorsement windfall coming down from that. I don't see anything changing anytime soon. Now, the good news is, in, in golf, the money's so redonkulous when you win these major championships, that you can be unmemorable, right? You can be unmemorable, and marketing not really matter, and in the end, you still get a bunch of money. He earned $2.1 million. That's the payout for the winner 
of the U.S. Open. That's the the, the tally. Now, after taxes and all that, it's like you know a million bucks. You got to pay other people, but still, he did pretty well for a weekend of activity on Long Island. It's not a bad spot, but we'll we'll get into it more later. But my argument, and I will make it more compelling at another point later, is that the Phil Mickelson shenanigans over the weekend, that is the memorable moment. That was the thing that people will recall. You know, the, the history books will say, well, here we go. Brooks Kepka won the tournament. Congratulations. But do you remember when Phil Mickelson had a nuclear meltdown on the 13th? Do you recall that? And he just poured uh, fuel all up. <gasps> See, he, I'll get into it later. Anyway, it's the Ben Maller Show on Fox as we begin a new week of programming. When we come on here Sunday night into Monday, we have begun the new weekday lineup programming here at Fox Sports Radio. It's so exciting. It's a breakthrough is what it is. That's right. I know we're in here because the trash has still not been picked up. It's a tradition like none other when we come in here on Sunday nights into Monday. We say hello to Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Judas Garcia. It's right uh, right over there. Uh, should I ask you, uh, how was your Father's Day? Anything eventful for Father's Day? For, for Father's Day weekend, yeah. I, I was in uh, Santa Barbara. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, that was a long drive. Uh, it took. Uh, I could have flown to see my brother in New York on oh. Friday. There was an accident. Oh, that's not good. It's a five-and-a-half-hour journey to go to beautiful Santa Barbara and no. solving it. You spent much time in solving? Uh, I went there once in high school. Yeah. yeah. I went there when I was a kid, too. I hadn't been back, but it's... Uh, has it gotten any better since uh, the last time you were there? Well, it depends what you're looking for. It's yeah. like uh, it's like a Swedish village, right? Yeah, like it's like a yeah. You know, they're playing up the whole Copenhagen angle and all yeah. that. Danish village. Yeah, Danish. I apologize Swedish. to it's all, all of the our, same. Our you know, Danes. Out that's there racist. How yeah, dare you, Eddie? Racist. Yeah. No, I had some Danish pancakes. I guess. I don't know. I was just hanging out. I was Sounds like around. you had a wonderful time. I just, on my weekend, I don't really want to do much. And I know now it's getting to the point where we do stuff, you know, because it's summertime, go places, do things. And I, you know, it's, it kind of looks like Disneyland, Eddie, but it's not Disneyland. They charge a lot. They overcharge for a lot of stuff. It's, it's a nice little time. <laughs> okay. There's a casino within like 20 minutes yes. of solving. Oh. Not even 20 minutes, like five minutes away, Coop. Did you go? The Chumash yeah. Indian Casino. Unfortunately, I was not permitted to leave <laughs> the family to gamble not at permitted. the Shumash uh, Indian next, Casino. Next time, what you do, Ben, get a yeah. hotel room at the Shumash Casino. That's the way to do it. That's the move. But it doesn't have any charm, though, Danny. So you need places with charm. I'm told. It's I, right outside of the charm. This is the way I look at hotels. <laughs> Let me tell you somehow I look at hotels, okay? The difference between me and my wife. I look at hotels as it's just a place to leave your crap and to get a few hours of sleep. You don't need like a nice, uh, nice uh, setup and all that. You know, now you don't want to have big bed bugs, right? You don't want that. But I'm not looking for charm in a hotel. Like when I go to Vegas, I, I, I don't, I don't go to the Hooker Hotel, but I go to the CD Hotel, right? I go to the the, the Deal Hotel. That's what I want. You know what I'm saying? You're, yeah, you're a tight yeah. one. No, I'm not a tight one. <laughs> I'm just saying I feel like it's a waste of money, right? Because if if you're traveling somewhere, you should go out and do stuff. You shouldn't sit in your hotel room. You know what I mean? As long as they got they got Wi Fi, working plumbing in the in the bathroom, and no bed bugs. And don't forget the intimacy kit. Well, that's what they well, listen. The hotel charged me for everything, and you guys got a drop. That was ten years ago, and you guys still have a drop from that. How dare you? Many many years ago that happened. So 
I got an intimacy kit for twenty seven dollars. Really? You, yes. Yeah. Did you go anywhere? Eddie? Did you Did you travel anywhere? Did you? I, go I did. I, you I did. I, uh, well, I don't want to bring the show down. Uh oh. Uh oh. You. Yeah. I went up to Fresno and helped to kind of clean out my dad's house. Oh, I'm sorry. Bro. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Not it's a great a, way to spend a week. No, 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 no. it's not. No, unfortunately. Sorry, man. How so, many years back did did items date, Eddie? Oh, Danny, <laughs> there's stuff that hadn't seen the t- the, the the light of day in a, in a long, long time, <laughs> boy. And he, thank God, my dad was not a hoarder or anything. Uh, the, the, like the garage had like three or four things and like a, a leaf blower, a rake, and you know, was oh, like, that's good. Oh yeah, there was that's a positive. Uh, but yeah. uh, there were some uh, like you know, like oh boy. I don't want to look under this bed. I'm not sure what's going to be under here. You know, <laughs> you look at oh god, thank god, it's just some slippers or something. Did he have any that. weapons? Yeah, you're, you're there were what? some. Uh, there were some knives in, in some, some interesting places. Oh. Yeah, my my grandfather. Like one one uh, was like moving a recliner, and the knife like fell out of the yeah. back of it. My grandfather, when he passed away years ago, he had guns, and we didn't know how many or where they were. And and he was also a bit. He was not completely a hoarder, but he had hoarder tendencies. Yeah. So it was like a, a uh, it was like a wild goose chase type situation. But we were, you know, you you go through a, a garage that's filled with crap, and you're like worried you might hit the gun by accident, and then the gun's gonna go off, and you're like, ah, crap. You're kind of so, like, will I find something really valuable in here, or yeah. some 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 crap, some yeah, like, like real? Where, how am I getting rid of this crap? Where's the hidden jewels? You're like, where where's the the safe with all the hidden money in it? You're looking for that. We we did find some hidden money. You did? Yes. Oh, cha ching, nice. cha ching, ba- behind a picture. Yeah. In an envelope <laughs> was like uh, a bottle of pennies. Don't say how much, Eddie. <laughs> no, I won't say how much. The tax but... man's listening. You know. <laughs> but the bad yeah. thing was is it, now, now it... we're going around looking behind every picture and uh, sure. you know, going through all like the towels and the you know. <laughs> it's a treasure <laughs> hunt. Is there any money stashed in here? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I it's all right. It's all right. But, uh... Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Well, the golf world generally sides heavily towards the highbrow academic crowd, right? There's a not a lot of common men and women that are big golf fans, but they do occasionally cross over. We talk about the majors all the time, and congratulations to Brooks Kepka, who won the 118th U.S. Open, and he becomes the first repeat winner in 29 years. 29 years, and... Many of the intellectual types are having these heartfelt stories, these think pieces on Brooks Kepka going on and on about him. But yet again for us here, the better story, the angle here is in the losing locker room. This involves lefty Phil Mickelson. Now, I don't know how much you watched. Maybe you're you're like me and you kind of had stuff going on this weekend, but you did watch the final round. You, I watched the opening round and I watched the final round. I also said sayonara to Tiger Woods. He got on his boat and he left and went back home. I was able to see that on Friday. But the the story here, if you missed it, if you weren't watching the coverage on Fox, bad job by you, involving Phil Mickelson. Now, he finished in a tie for 48th place at 16 over par. Was never in contention at Shinnecock Hills. Was never in jeopardy of contending for this tournament. And for his troubles, for finishing in a tie for 48th place, Phil Mickelson, his consolation prize was a check for almost $28,000. That's what you get when you finished in in 48th place at the U.S. Open. 
So that's uh, it'll cover some travel expenses and whatnot, although those private jets are very expensive. But let's get to the story here. Let's get to the story here. It was all about the 13th hole at the U.S. Open. Now, uh, and it goes back to Saturday. Phil Mickelson ran up a gigantic 10 on the 13th on on Saturday. He had a two-stroke penalty included in that. Now, what was his sin here? What was Phil Mickelson's transgression that caused him that two-stroke penalty and caused an amazing reaction on the Fox television broadcast? And many a golf pundit, right? Many a golf wonk engaging in a lot of negativity towards Phil Mickelson. Well, his mistake, which I guess was not a mistake, uh, was running up and hitting a moving ball. Uh, we have the uh, here's the audio. Here we go. Here's how it sounded on the the broadcast over the week. This for bogey a moment ago at 13. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, that's stunning. Here was the next putty hit. And then that one lips out. And that one does come to rest and then he knocks it in. That was jarring. I've never seen anything like that from a world-class player in my life. That's the most out of character I've ever seen Phil Mickelson. He's putted bad enough that I think he just snapped at how bad his speed was on that putt. He just snapped. All right, so that was Mickelson there talking about you heard the uh, the play-by-play guys talking about Mickelson there. He snapped and he hit the ball that was moving. Uh People had strong opinions on this, some saying that he should have been disqualified from the tournament. It was the story of the weekend. It trumped Brooks Kepka winning the U.S. Open. This is uh, Phil Mickelson's a bigger star than Brooks Kepka, and this was a bigger deal in the golf world. And uh, Mickelson did speak on Saturday. Remember, he didn't speak after the opening round. He didn't speak after the final round of the tournament on Sunday, but he did talk on Saturday, and he pointed out that he knew what he was doing was not kosher. I don't mean disrespect by anybody. I know it's a two-shot penalty, and uh, at that time, I just didn't feel like going back and forth and hitting the same shot over. I took the two-shot penalty, moved on. It's uh, it's uh, my understanding of the rules. I, I've had multiple times where uh, I've wanted to do that. I just finally did. If uh, somebody's offended by that, I, I you know I apologize to them, but. Uh, you know, toughen up because this is uh, this is not meant that way. It's uh, just simply uh, I just wanted to get on to the next hole, and I, I didn't see that happening at the time. I'm gladly gladly take my two strokes and and move on. How about a golfer questioning your masculinity, telling you to toughen up? How about that? Yikes! Well, that's exactly what happened. So listen, Mickelson. The story here is he got turned into a punching bag by many current former players on the PGA Tour, uh, golf pundits who the general consensus was he should have been disqualified for what he did. And and they were really offended mainly by what he you just heard there, which is from the Fox broadcast there where Mickelson uh, said that he did it intentionally, that it was a deliberate act by Phil Mickelson and not the result of having too much ice cream and his brain freezing that this, this was just a case of a, he, he was fed up and he snapped and he, it was it's something he had thought about doing for a long time. So let's discuss here. Now, Mickelson did not speak to the media on Sunday. His wife did speak for him. She claimed, I love that you're having your wife now speak for you. Mickelson's wife claimed that he, Mickelson, offered to withdraw from the tournament because of the uproar, but the uh, people that run the tournament said, no, nah, you don't have to. So the question is this. Let's discuss. 
what do you make of the firestorm that Phil Mickelson caused over the week? Now, I loved it, but my perspective on this, you've got the loophole, the snobs, and the meltdown. And we will mix all of this together. Now, A, Phil Mickelson did something that a thousand amateur golfers do every weekend. Weekend Warriors, I have done it, the pitch and putt. Uh, I play golf a couple times a year. Normally, there's a spinning wheel on the golf course when I'm playing golf. That's usually how it goes. Uh, and, and I have had those kind of nuclear moments. Uh, and so have you. If you play golf at all, chances are you've gotten so frustrated that's what happens in real life. You're playing golf and you get upset. Now, I understand that it's supposed to be different when you're a professional and it's the PGA Tour and this is a major yada, yada, yada. But Phil Mickelson, who has an elitist feel to him, right? I mean, let's be honest. Let's be, uh, let's be totally real here. Uh, I did like his response. I felt like it was authentic. He didn't hide from it. He didn't say, well, I didn't mean to do it. He's like, yeah, I've actually been wanting to do it for some time. I finally did it. <laughs> and I thought I thought that was pretty cool because we oftentimes hear fakeness. We hear players of all different sports give us a version of the story but not the whole story. I felt like Mickelson was being honest. Like He was frustrated. He wanted to do it. He didn't want to play that hole anymore. And he's like, okay, I'll take the penalty. Fine. So what happened, right? Mickelson – what he did here, and this is what's got people all upset in an uproar, Phil Mickelson took advantage of a loophole in the golf rule book. That's what he did. Not that it mattered in the end, right? This is the equivalent of like a lane violation in the NBA where you're intentionally trying to, to do it. Now, there's, there's nothing to have anxiety over. And the fact that Phil Mickelson came out as like, toughen up, that's – Slightly embarrassing for the uh, the golf media, right? Who's generally also a bunch of a bunch of lightweights. Now, B the 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 overall sentiment from golf, from past stars, from present stars, the community of the golfing world. To me, that was telling. Right? It, you would have thought that Phil Mickelson had committed a war crime, the way that this was being reacted to, and. It was the you know, spitting match that was going on. It was like, no, no, I'm going to condemn this more than you because I'm a better golf fan. I love golf more than you, so I'm going to put down Phil Mickelson more than you put down Phil Mickelson. He was universally condemned for disrespecting the sport of golf, right? Disrespecting the sport of golf was the general consensus uh, by many. Now, all of that, you know, he walked off the 13th green. He was laughing. Uh, and that that really upset more people, right? You had this, the comments after he was laughing with this guy he was playing with, uh, Andrew Johnson. Uh, Johnston is his name, and that upset people. And The sacred game of golf that must be defended at all times, that is the snobbish, sanctimonious attitude that you hate. I mean, well, I could use a stronger adjective, uh, but that attitude, that attitude in golf, like, there, there's nothing sacred about golf. It is a sport. It is no different than football, basketball, baseball, or hockey, or a hot dog eating contest on the 4th of July on Coney Island. Yeah, sure, golfers are expected to call penalties on themselves and carry themselves a certain way. And that's exactly what Phil Mickelson did. 
in this particular case. What people are really upset about is Phil Mickelson used gamesmanship, right? He, you know, he, he, did he snap? Yeah. Was this an intentional act? Well, the way he said it, it was an intentional act. And if he hadn't said that, if Phil Mickelson had come out and said, you know what, I didn't mean to do that. I don't know what happened. The reaction would have been totally different. The reaction was a direct result of the interview. We played the clips for you from the Fox broadcast. The fact that he didn't hide from it and said, yeah, I was frustrated and I I thought about doing that for a while and I finally did it. And then he had the balls to laugh about it, Mickelson, when he was walking off the course. Uh, The way I look at this, there was a breaking point. The course broke Phil Mickelson. And it's not like he was in contention to win the U.S. Open. He wasn't. And as for this self-righteous golf reaction, right, here's my advice, right? Close the stipulation in the rule book that Phil Mickelson took advantage to. If you think that Phil Mickelson should have been disqualified, then make that the rule, right? Make it a rule. If you hit a moving golf ball while you are putting, you are then disqualified. No debate. No question about it, you are done. Dunskies for the tournament. You're eliminated. They're not going to do that. I don't believe they will do it. Now, the parting shot on this. It is surprising that more golfers did not pull a Phil Mickelson on Long Island at at the Shinnecock course there. There were 397 double bogeys or worse at the U.S. Open. That's 101 more than any other PGA Tour event this year. Now, they did make it easier on Sunday. They Overnight Saturday into Sunday, they watered down the course to make it much more playable, and the average golfer improved by seven and a half shots at the beginning of the day. But Phil Mickelson's meltdown, Mickelson's meltdown, was a blessing in disguise for the U.S. Open. It gave us something to talk about. That's why it was a blessing in disguise. And... Uh, we, we, we did a, a deep dive on Brooks Kepka winning his second consecutive U.S. Open last hour. But let's be real. I mean, that is a zero in terms of moving the needle. The fact that Phil Mickelson has been around forever, his, his 48th birthday was on Saturday. Happy birthday, Phil. Uh, 48th birthday on Saturday there. That was the story of the weekend. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show. You can comment on any of that. You are more than welcome. The number 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We're also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. That's at Ben Maller. You can be part of the festivities. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia right over there well Ben as as you said in the first hour we you know we're we're casual golf fans we enjoy watching the majors usually that means the final day of a major and I didn't see this when it happened but I saw the headlines uh you know going into Sunday and I'm like what did he do because people are like oh he's he has to drop out he has to apologize and withdraw from the tournament and I'm like my god what did he do and then I went and watched it I'm like all right, I guess that's not you're not supposed to do that, but really the yeah. the overreaction by by golf people is one thing that for me it turns causes, you off. exactly yeah, it yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, does yeah, yeah, yeah. the outrage. Yes, he shouldn't have done it. It was a dumb thing to do, but this over the top, you know, how dare you, you know, go against the 
the you know the sanctimonious uh, rules of golf and yeah. uh, just the over the top outrage is just well, it, it does it does turn me off. Like I said, listen, this is faux outrage, right? Because you people you're looking for a story. Usually the story would be about Tiger Woods, you know, good or bad. He didn't even make the cut, and Mickelson's a name. You know, nobody moves the as I said, nobody reacts to Brooks Kepka. He doesn't do it, and and or any of these other guys. You look at the top of the leaderboard. Am I missing something here, Eddie? I don't think I see one name there that's like, oh, okay, this is gonna, this is this is a story. And you can say, well, that's not fair. Make it a story. That's not how it works. That's not how it's played. You want to break down? You look at the leaderboard, right? Who we we're gonna break down? Tommy Fleetwood. You want to break that down? The well, pride of England. He, he did, you know, tie a record, uh, yeah, with a sixty-three. So that was uh, he missed a, sh- so kind of a the, short putt what's on the eighteen with a second record. That's there. the conversation. Patrick Reed. Dustin Johnson. I mean, you know, this guy has got all the talent in the world, but yeah. he's no nobody reacts to him. There's no reaction. He slept with another player's wife. Uh, he's had drug problems, and nobody reacts to him. That's a lot of baggage. That's some good baggage there. My guy Henrik Stenson in a tie for six. Should I talk about Henrik? No. How about Webb Simpson? I don't know who that is. He finished tied for tenth with Justin Rose, Russell Knox. I think he's the cousin of Jonas. Yes, he is. Russell, I believe yeah. that's correct. Yes. Uh, yeah, so anyway, who who finished last? I always want to know who who finished dead last. Was that Scott Gregory of who? England? Who Scott Gregory? I believe is his name from uh, from England. He finished at. I've never he didn't heard make that the cut. He had a ninety-two. I don't know who he's either. I just went yeah, all the way to the bottom. Of, what I did, that, Eddie, is I went to the bottom of the leaderboard. He, you know how much he made for uh, finishing dead last? Uh, let's see. Let me check. Hold on a sec. Uh, yeah, I do. You want to know? How yeah, much? Oh, I know how much. How much? Ten thousand. That's right. Ten grand. How great is that? That's how about fantastic. how about the amateurs who made nothing? There were a bunch of amateurs to yeah. play. They got nothing. But if you played in the tournament, you got ten grand minimum. Ten grand. How much did Tiger get? Did he get ten? He got the standard ten I, grand. I believe that's accurate. Yes, because he didn't make the cut. That's right. Okay. What is that for Tiger Woods? Like ten grand for Tiger Woods is what? It's a tip at a nice restaurant. N- n- I heard he's not a good tipper though. I heard that. Not as bad as no tipping Pippin, Scotty Pippin from back in the day, but. That's a great I've nickname. Heard, I've heard Tiger's not not known for his tipping prowess. But maybe he's improved. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. And back to Koopaloop. We go for the third degree. Ben Shaq said over the weekend that he doesn't think that LeBron should be concerned with chasing rings because his legacy is already set and adding more championships won't really add much to it. Do you agree with him? Well, the premise is accurate by Shaquille O'Neal, right? A, in terms of being a winner, LeBron James cannot match Michael Jordan or even Kobe Bryant for that matter. LeBron James is a guy who played in the weaker conference, the junior varsity conference, did amazing things got to the NBA Finals, and then when they played the better teams, he was tested, and he didn't pass the test very often. LeBron James has been mostly a failure in the NBA Finals, right? He's got a 333 winning percentage in the NBA Finals. Michael Jordan, 1,000%. Every time the Bulls got there, he won. Kobe Bryant's got a 714 winning percentage in the NBA Finals. So LeBron is not going to play long enough to turn those numbers around and get anywhere close to Jordan or Kobe in that category. And B, you've got the micro and the macro, right? Those that pay attention will point out the facts like this. 
about LeBron. But over time, as the years go on, the storytellers will wax poetic about the mythology of LeBron James and the amazing things that he could do. And the fanboys will guzzle up the Kool-Aid and help build the legend, which is far more invincible than LeBron James really was because LeBron James was fine up until he played a good team in the NBA Finals, and then oftentimes he would lose, and many times it wasn't even competitive. Next! Now, Eddie uh, talked about this a little bit earlier. Tom Brady made headlines over the weekend due to comments he made to Oprah. Contradicts what he has said in the past. He said that uh, the end of his career is going to be here sooner than later. You think people are making uh, looking too much into this, or is there something there, Ben? Well, there's nothing there, right? There's n- absolutely nothing. First of all, these comments are innocuous is what they are. Tom Brady, as I've pointed out many times, he is in the point now where he wants to play everything down the middle. He doesn't want anything to create a headline. He wants to be the most boring, boring man in the world. Tom Brady's goal is to be boring, right? He has said similar things in the past on the Kirk and Callahan show, the morning show in Boston on WEI that he goes on. Uh, he's also said he wants to play till he's 45 years old. Well, even if Brady played till he's 45, he's about to turn 41. So that is sooner than later. And secondly, Tom Brady has yet to see diminishing returns on his performance. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. And that's typically not a gradual thing. You go from really good to horrific in the snap of, of some fingers here. So the, the Patriots have put all of their chips in Tom Brady's basket. They have no backup plan. But this is these are harmless comments by Tom Brady. He said similar things in the past. Next. Now another story that came up over the weekend was the fact that the Thunder did not renew the contract of their longtime broadcaster. You may remember earlier in the season he got some heat for a play where he said Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, that is, uh, was out of his cotton-picking mind. Do you think the non-renewal of the contract was related to this or just the media digging for some stuff? No, it's a direct result. I mean, I don't know much about Brian Davis, first of all, but I do know by all accounts he was a shill for the Thunder, right? He was a good company man, an ambassador for the team. He did everything he was asked of, all the community events and all that. He was completely off the radar until he said, cotton picking mine. And number two, because of the hypersensitive word police that were responsible for this, everything changed on that particular moment. It became a TMZ story. When it becomes a TMZ story, you get cotton picking fired, and that's what happened here. There it is. Mallard of the third degree. How did we do? Benny passes it. That's a winner! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice. Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds. And if you don't like it, screw you. It is all about logic, intelligence. It is time now for the Insta Advice Line Unscreen Radio. The safety net comes off, and we give back advice. Now, who needs our advice this week? Who needs the wisdom of the masses of the Ben Maller Show? Well, why don't we change it up a little bit? Phil Mickelson had a dreadful weekend on Long Island. Didn't do very well at all, but he did cause an uproar in the golf world by hitting a moving ball. So your advice to Phil Mickelson on how to calm down all the golf wonks, the golf wonks who are very upset at Phil Mickelson. You are live on the air when you hear my voice at 877-99 on Fox. We're going to give some advice out to Phil Mickelson. Line one, that's you. You're on the air. Hello, line one. Hey, 
316. All right, line two, you're next. Advice to Phil Mickelson on how to avoid hitting a moving ball. Password over. Miller wins. That is correct. Yes, line three, you're on the air. Hello, line three. Advice to Phil Mickelson, line three. Try not to be like that scumbag in New York. All right, line four. Hello, line four. Advice to Phil Mickelson, line four. Two hands, $20. All right, thank you for that. Uh, We'll uh, move on. Uh, Hello, you are next. Uh, You're on Fox Sports Radio. Your advice to Phil Mickelson. Yeah, Phil, your career is essentially over. You're not going to win the US Open, sadly. I Okay, uh, line two, you're next. We're giving advice to Phil Mickelson on how to avoid hitting the moving ball. Smack Bella instead. Line three, you're on the air. Hello, line three. Oh, it's Donald Duck. Hello, Donald. It's an honor to speak to you. Thank you. So he should play baseball. Should play baseball, yes. Yeah, in baseball, they encourage you to hit a moving ball. Thank you, Donald. That solves it right there. I think we're done. Yes? All right. Line, uh, I don't know. Who's next? You're next. Go ahead. Line four. The only resource you have here is Tom Looney. No, that's incorrect. No, no, that's not Ooh. very rational on your oh, part here. you got to use good reasoning. Horse sense, as they say. Line one. Uh, hello, line one. Yeah, he's got to visit Tammy the Fluffer. All right. That's, uh, that Jason and not? I think that's our hey, friend Jason in Windsor. Well, there's Jason. Where's he been? Line two. Hello, line two. Never take any advice from Ben Maller on anything. Oh, please. I give out the greatest wisdom, impartial, objective. That's what I do. Down-to-earth, level-headed advice. Line three. Hello. White lives matter. Uh, Line four. You're on the air. Hello, line four. Two hams. $20. All right. We've already heard that. You're next. You, uh, whatever line you're on, go. Matthew 622. Okay, yes. You're changing it up. Thank you for that. He used to be just the John 316 guy. He's changing it up. Line two, you're next. Hello. Walls move faster than your whiskers. All right. You've you're, you got to turn your radio down and get right on that phone. Line three. Hello. Nicholson having his problems on the road. I'm Ben Mallard. Uh, that's a good point. Well, golfers don't really have a home game. Line four. Hello. Line four not there. We'll move on. Uh, you, uh, whatever line this is, you're next. Hello. That line's not there. We'll try line three. Hello, line three. Line three's not there. We'll try line Uh-oh, one. one. Uh-oh. More. Hello, line one. I hear glad you can find Ah, you that was terrible. Well, th- uh, listen, let's end this charade. Koopa Loop, get on there. Pick the final call. If it's good, I'll take credit. If not, I will blame you. The final call on the instant advice line. Line two. Line two. You are on the air. Line two. Advice to Phil Mickelson on how to avoid hitting a moving golf ball in the future. Have a menage a trois with Real Talk and Tammy. There it is. The final call on the instant advice line for Phil Mickelson. I love our balls. You know, there have been rumors that that is not that outside the realm of possibilities. I'm just saying. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. 
But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zin for a spin. Zin nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 